Oh, good evening. Brandon got us uh, off to a roaring start here tonight. There's supposed to be a snowstorm coming, and we are in the book of Ecclesiastes. So uh, it's, uh, it's almost kind of foolish for us to be here tonight, uh, but it's not. This is a good place for us to be. Why not be here uh, with everything going on, and why not be in Ecclesiastes? So if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3. And in the book of Ecclesiastes, if you've not been with us, is really us answering the biggest questions of life. Uh, the, the big boy questions, the questions that the philosophers have spent centuries trying to figure out. And we go to the book of Ecclesiastes, a 3,000-year-old uh, book, and we open it up, and we get to hear from the wisest man who ever lived the answers to all these questions. And it's been good for me. I hope it's been good for you. As we've, uh, For me, I've been learning a lot about life. I've been learning a lot about myself. As I've studied this, I'm starting to see myself, my life, um, even in, even in the future, in a better way, in a better light. There's a greater understanding about life after studying the book of Ecclesiastes. And I think we'll get that tonight too. I think this will be something that will be an eye-opener for every single one of us. Uh, in Ecclesiastes 3, we turn to probably the most popular passage in the entire book of Ecclesiastes. If you've never heard of the book of Ecclesiastes, you've heard of the first eight verses of this chapter. It's actually a hit song from, I think, the 60s or the 70s. Uh, by the birds, they sang this song, Turn, 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 and they took these, th these verses and turned into a, a hit song. So you could say that Solomon wrote a hit song in America. That's how brilliant he was. Uh, so we're going to look at this tonight, and the question that he's going to answer tonight is, is there a plan for our lives? And the title of the sermon I'm going to ask is, does God have a wonderful plan for our lives? Or let's make it personal. Does God have a wonderful plan for my life? So let's stand together, and I want to read these first eight verses to you, and as you look down at them, I know you're saying these are familiar. You might even start singing the tune to that, that bird song from many years ago. Uh, I asked Brandon to sing it before we started here today, and, and obviously I'm joking, but it's, it's a good song, biblical song. <laughs> now, starting in verse 1, Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, says, To everything there is a season. And a time to every purpose under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to rend and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. And then he asks these, this question at the end. What profit hath he that worketh in that wherein he laboreth? I have seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men to be exercised in it. And that's the question of what's the point of it all? Is there a plan? So let's pray together and we'll ask that question, does God have a wonderful plan for our lives? Father, we thank you for, the, for your word. Uh, I love it. I, I do. I think our church loves it. I think we love to open it up and to study it and to read it and to apply it. And God, I thank you for the book of Ecclesiastes. Uh, it's not very often studied. It's not very often read. But God, I think buried in the depths of your word is all the answers to all the big questions in life. So God, help me tonight as I've studied and prepared. Help me to now present these things so that we can all understand them. Help us to hear them. Help us to understand them. Help us to apply them. Help, God, this. I don't think this will change our lives. 
But I do think it will change the way we look at our lives. So God, help us to see that as we answer this big, big, big question. And we ask and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. There was a man who was over Campus Crusades for Christ in the 1960s, and he wrote a book called The Four Spiritual Laws. His name was Bill Bright. And his four spiritual laws was kind of, he took kind of the, the Bible and he, and he condensed it down into four laws or four questions that we were to ask, the main things. And the number one thing that he, that he laid out, his first law was that, and this is the first thing that, that we need to tell everybody if we're trying to share the gospel. If we're talking about Christ, if we're talking to unbelievers, if we're talking to, to atheists, he laid out four things that we need to tell them. And you can look these things up. And this first one has become the number one way that people share the gospel in America today. And, and this first one here it is. Here's what it says. God loves you, and he has a wonderful plan for your life. So he says that's how you should start every conversation that you have with an unbeliever. You should tell them that God loves them and that he has a wonderful plan for their lives. And you ask this question, is that true? And you go to the Bible, and the Bible says in Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans that I have for you, plans to, of, of peace and not of evil, to give you a, an expected end. So the Bible seems to agree with Bill Bright and this, these four uh, spiritual laws that God does love you and God does have a, have a wonderful plan for your life. So I ask that question, does God have a wonderful plan for all of our lives? And, and that sounds great. And the Bible tells us these things. So you're saying, Josh, what's the problem? Well, here's the problem. And, and it's, a, it's a big problem because a lot of the times this sounds good, it sounds positive, it sounds encouraging, but life isn't always wonderful. Life doesn't always turn out as we want it to turn out. Oftentimes, life isn't wonderful, but it's terrible. Life isn't always peaceful, it's often chaotic. Life isn't always good, and I think everybody in here could say, yeah, my life has not always been good. Sometimes life is bad. Life isn't always a bed of roses, sometimes it's a bed of thorns. So if God has a wonderful plan for my life, and as I look at my life and I see that it's not always wonderful, this has been a cause of a, of a lot of despair and a lot of depression. As they say, God has a wonderful plan for my life, and this is it. How good can God be, and how can God love me if this wonderful plan isn't all that wonderful? So people have begun to question, does God really have a plan for my life? And if he does have a plan, is this the plan? Is, is these troubles that I'm going through, is these bad times that I'm facing, is this really God's plan? Is God good if he's causing or allowing all these things to, to happen to me in my life? So there's a lot of questions there. And, then, and again, it comes back to, does God really have a wonderful plan for my life? And I think Solomon's trying to answer that here as he's looking back over his life. He's standing up in front of a, of a group of students, of a group of young people. And, and Solomon is the wisest man at that point who ever lived. And I believe even today that has ever lived. He's called the preacher here. He's the teacher. He's the wise man with the gray hair standing up in front of everybody. And he's going to look back, back over his life and he's going to stand and say, here's the answer to this. I've went on a journey. I've lived my life. They call it the greatest experiment that's ever been performed in the history of mankind. That Solomon took all the money that he had and he went out and tried to answer all life's questions. And he comes back to this crowd of students to tell them the answers. So now we get to hear his answer. He went to see what life was all about, what the meaning of life was, what the purpose of life was. Is there happiness in life? And now, does God have a plan for my life? 
So now again, we get to open this 3,000 year old book and we get to see from Solomon's life that yes, God does have a wonderful plan for our lives. And we get to see how that works out. And it's not just our lives. God has a wonderful plan for every single one of our lives. And it doesn't always look the way we want it to look, but it is a wonderful plan. So let's look at this passage tonight and we'll answer that question. I've already answered it, so maybe you guys can tune me out already. The answer is yes, he does. So let's look at it. Does God have a wonderful plan for for my life? Number one, I want you to look at verses 1 through 10, what we've already read. We'll go through verse 15, but I just want you to see verses 1 through 10 first as we look at the different seasons of life. The different seasons of life. And we see there at the very beginning in verse 1, he says, to everything there is a season. Do you see that? There's a season. And what he's saying there is, is there's a time for everything. Uh, To everything there's a season and a time for every purpose under heaven. So he looks back over his life and he says, there's a time or a season. Like we have four seasons in the year. So as we go through our life, there's a different season that we're going to go through in, in all of our lives. And then in verse 2, he says this, and this is where he begins. There's a time to be born. These are the polar opposites. There's a time to be born. We all have a birth date. And there's a time to die. That's the, the borders, I would say, of our lives. We have a day that we are, we are born. That's our, our birth date. As we, as we look at our tombstone, there's going to be a, a date of our birth and there's going to be a date of our, of our death. So we all have this, this date where we're, where we were born. You know your birthday. You know the day that you were born. And then we don't know the day that we're going to die, but there is a set date for our death. Everybody has a set date. There's a day that we're going to die. Jonathan Edwards said the arrows of death are flying in the air unseen and they could hit you at any time. God knows the day. We don't know the day. So there's a day that we're born and there's a day that we die. There's a start and there's an end. There's a good birthday and there's a bad uh, death day. There's a, the happiest day in the world when you're, when you're born and there's a, the saddest day in the world when you die. There's a, the birthday and the, and the funeral. There's the, the birth announcement and there's the o- obituary. And now he's going to move and he's going to say, these are the two poles. These are the two extremes. And now there's life in between. And these things that he lays out for us are, are all the seasons that happens in between our birthday and our death day. And he lays out 14 of these seasons. We're 14 pairs. This is the dash. These, these eight verses are describing the seasons of our life. These eight verses are what we all go through. And and as we go through this, and I I even think that Jesus went through every single one of these seasons. And as I go down through them, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on on each one. Again, there's 14 pairs. So there's a time to be born, there's a time to die, and all these things that He's going to say now happen in between our lives. In between the the birth and the death. And as we go through it, I think you'll say, yeah, if if you're old enough, I think you'll say, yeah, I've been through that season. Yeah, that's happened to me. Yeah, I know what that's like. Again, Solomon is the wisest man. He's, 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 he's moving an inching closer to his death day than he is his birthday. So he's seen it all. He's been through it all. He knows his birth. He's looking forward to it, to the end of his, to his death. And he's saying, I've been through all these things. And you'll go through all of them too. You say, what are they? Watch this. He says, again, that just the start is a time to, born, to be born and a time to die. 
There's a season to plant, and there's a season to pluck up that which is planted. You say, what is that? Well, I know it's talking about farming, that there is a time or a season when you'll put things into the ground. And there's another season that'll come along when you, when you pull that up. And what he's saying here is there's a time to work hard and there's a time to enjoy it. There's a, there's a time to, to work and there's a time to, to retire. There's a time to, to save and there's a time to spend. So we all have that season in our life when we're going to work hard and we're going to, we're going to build our lives. And then you get towards the end of your life and you get to enjoy it and you get to retire and you get it's kind of to, to lay back on the on all your labors. So you go through that. There's that season. He, and he goes on. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on all these. There's a time to kill and a time to heal. There's a time to break down. And there's a time to build up. I think the breakdown is, is he's saying there's a time when you you get older and you start to break down. There's a time that you you, you start feeling worse. And then there's a, a time when you're younger, when you build up and you're getting stronger. And you go through these seasons. There's a time to weep. And there's a time to laugh. There's seasons of life where it'll be sad. And it'll be hard. And there'll be weeping. And you may be in that season today. And then there's, that season will pass like, like we go from winter in, into, into spring. And you'll, be, you'll go from, from weeping into, into laughing in life. And, and, and I don't know how long the season will last, but you'll go through the weeping season where there'll be, there'll be death and there'll be, there'll be mourning and, and it'll be hard. But that season isn't going to last forever. And you'll go to another season. Here you'll, you'll be at a funeral. And before you know it, you'll be at a, at a wedding and a celebration. That's what he says. There'll be seasons of great joy and laughter. There's a time to mourn. <laughs> and a time to dance. Seth says there's never a season for me to dance. But he says here there's a time to dance. There's a time of celebration. There's a time when a baby's going to be born and everything's going well. There's going to be times when grandparents die. And you can look back over your life and you can say, yeah, I had times of weeping and I've had times of, of joy and I've had times of, of laughing, laughing and I've had times of mourning. And, and you'll have those seasons in life and you never know when it's going to happen, but you go from one season into the next season and it keeps going. I mean, there's 14 pairs of these. There, there's a time to, to cast away and there's a time to, to gather. I think that means there's a time to get rid of some things and there's a time to get some things. Me and Steph, she's just now going through, we had our baby shower for, for Hallie. And there was a time for us to get things for the baby. And now the baby, and Hallie's growing up and she's, she's getting into to four months clothes and five months clothes. And we have all these one to three month clothes over here. And now she's saying, I gotta give these away. So there was a time for us to get and there's a time for us to give away. And then that's the way it is in life. There's a time for us to receive and there's a time for us to give. And, and, and those times of life, it just goes like seasons. And it keeps going. There's a time to embrace. There's a time to cast away. And there's a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace, verse 5. And a time to refrain from embracing. I, there's, there's a time for embracing certain people. You guys know this. There's certain seasons. And, and, 
Maybe, I mean, I, I, I'm not as old as some, but I, I know that there's a time when, when friendships come and friendships go. There's a time when you're close to certain people, and, and then some of you know that. You go through high school and you have certain friends, and there's a, there's a time to embrace those friends, and you love those friends for four years, and then you go off to college, and there's often new friends that you're to embrace, and you let go of those old relationships, and now you have new ones. And then you ought to, after college, move into even more grown-up relationships and not stay into to these relationships. So there's a time to embrace, and there's a time to let go. You can't hang on to all the relationships. I think that's the same thing in church too. There's sometimes you embrace people and there's sometimes it's just time to let those people go. There's just seasons of life. i got to keep going. Verse 6. Sidebar, I don't think there's ever a time for my girls to embrace anybody at all. That's going to be on the door of my house when boys come to embrace my daughters. Verse 6, a time to get and a time to lose. Time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to rend, which, is, which means to break down. And there's a time to sow, which means to fix. There's a time to keep silence. And there's a time to speak. There is a time. I, I, I don't think we know. <laughs> we haven't learned that yet, but there's certain times when we just need to zip it. And there's other times when we, we there's, there's, it's good for us to speak up. The world, and I think that's a, a good lesson for us to learn even right now when everybody's trying to, to give their opinion on everything that's happening in the world. And sometimes we just need to learn to say, the world doesn't need my opinion. Now's just a time to be quiet. A time to bite my tongue. A time to, to not post on social media. There's a time to love, he says, and there's a time to hate. There is a time to let the blood boil. Have you ever gone through a season where you're angry? There's a time for that. He says there's a time for war. There's a time for peace. And that's in relationships. It's okay. Sometimes, and I've talked about relationships breaking apart, and then that could be in relationships, that can be in nations. There's a time for war. We can't just say peace, peace all the time. There's a time that you have to fight. And then even in a church, you can't just say peace all the time. There's a time that you have to fight for the truth of the church. So there's a time for war, and there's a, a time to, to be at peace. So I'm going to move from these things. I, I don't want to spend a lot of time there. But I want you to see the list. Do you see any order to this list at all? Do you, is, is there any? And for, for me, I tried. I, I looked for order. I looked for logic. I, I think everything that, that, that he, he throws in here is unpredictable. I'm not even sure for some of these whether it's good or whether it's bad. Sometimes the good is first and the bad is second. Sometimes the bad is first and the, and the good is second. And he swishes it up. And I don't know what's going to happen next. It's just chaotic disorder that he's throwing in there in these eight verses. Random. I don't know what's next. It's like a roller coaster. And I think he's showing us exactly what life is like. It's entirely unpredictable. One day it's good, and the next day it's bad, and we have no idea what's coming next. You could be in a great season right now when everything is going so good. And then tomorrow it could be bad. 
You could be up here on the roller coaster and down here on the roller coaster and it's all over the place and it's not even the same for all. What's, what's happening to me right now may not be happening to you. It could be good for me today, but bad for you today. And tomorrow it could totally switch where it's, it's, it's the complete opposite that it's bad for me and good for you. And some people have a lot of good and some people have a, a lot of bad. Some people have a lot of love and a lot of hate. Some people have a lot of weeping. Some people have a lot of happiness. It's just all over the place. It's unpredictable. And I think that's what he's showing us here. All these different seasons. And we can't control any of it. We're on a roller coaster and it seems like nobody's at the, at the controls. Just all over the place. Just everywhere. That's life. I'm old enough now, I, I don't know if you could call me mid-age, but I'm old enough now to have been through some of these seasons. There's a time to build and there's a time to tear down. There's a time to weep and there's a time to laugh. There's a time to talk and there's a time to be quiet. There's a, and all these seasons in life that just happens and it seems random and out of order. And he, and he gets to verses 9 and 10 and he says, if this is what life is all about, if it's just one big roller coaster ride that's out of control, unpredictable, random and chaos with nobody behind the wheel, if we're just along for the ride and there's no purpose and there's no order and it's one season after the next until we die from the day we're born and until the day we're die, we die, it's just one roller coaster ride that's out of control. What's the point in it all? That's what he says. Verse 9. What's the profit of it all? What's the point of it all? What's the purpose of it all? If there's no plan behind it. If there's no purpose behind it, if life is just one unpredictable ride on a roller coaster from the day we're born to the day we die, then what is the point in us living? If the universe is just throwing us around randomly, if, if God is just up in, in heaven and He spun the globe and He's just letting it go and it's just swinging us all over the place and we're at the hands of, of blind fate, what's the point of it all? saying, is this it? So he looks at the different seasons of life and he asks that question, is this it? Is it just random, unpredictable chaos? Isn't that how life feels sometimes? Random, unpredictable chaos. Did anybody see COVID coming? <laughs> Random, unpredictable chaos. Did anybody see the political uproar that we're seeing in our nation? Did we see that coming? Random, unpredictable chaos. That's life. And it's, it's a roller coaster ride. So he's saying, is, is, is there anybody behind it all? And that's when we move to point number two. We go from the different seasons of life to the design of life. He says in verse 11, here's the answer to his question. I want you to see that. He gives us the different seasons. He asks that question of, of, of what's the point of it all. And then in verse 11, he gives us the answer. And I, I love this answer because here's where he says, there is a definite 
designed to our lives. Look what he says. For he, that's God, has made everything beautiful in his time. God has made, God has ordered every single season. Not only has he ordered it and designed it and made it, but he's made it beautiful or wonderful in his time, not our time. We live in a world that God has set. And everything happens according to God's schedule. That's what he's saying here. God has he's ordered it. He's made it beautiful. He's made it wonderful in His time. And our lives aren't going like a roller coaster. They're going like the, the tides. And they're going like the seasons. We know, get this, we know that the seasons go exactly how God ordered the seasons to go. And he said in Genesis that the seasons will continue one after the other as God has designed it until Jesus comes back. So as God designed and ordered the seasons of the year, he has designed and ordered every single season of life that we go through. God has designed the ups. God has designed the downs. God has designed the all the way arounds and all the way this around. Everything that we go through, everything that we face, every season of life has been designed and ordered by God. He says it there. He has made how many things? Everything. He's planned our lives before we were even born. He's painted the picture Before it was even lived. He's planned our birth. He's planned our death. And everything in between has been ordered by God. This verse here in verse 11 is Romans 8.28 of the Old Testament. For I know that all things work together for the good. For those who love God and are called according to his purposes. Everything. I could describe it this way. It'll all end up beautiful in his time. My boys love a good Lego set. Used to, we'd sit down, we'd buy them, and it'd be a hundred pieces. And we'd sit down with them, and they'd pour all those pieces out of the bag. And I'd sit there with the instructions. Isaiah and Christian would sit there with the little bitty pieces and the little bitty men and the hats that go on the men. And we'd sit there and I'd go through the instructions and the first picture didn't look like anything, but I'd say, do this, and Isaiah would do that. And I'd say, do this, and Isaiah would do that. And I'd say, do this, and and we'd find out we messed up somewhere along the lines and we had to to go back a few steps and and redo it. And you'd sit there and you'd say, I got all these pieces and and all this going on here and, and this doesn't look nothing like the picture on the box. What's going to come of this? But you keep going and you keep going step by step by step. And by the time you get done, it's beautiful and ordered exactly how it was planned. That's how God is putting together our lives. Is that simplistic for me to say that God's ordering our lives the way my boys fix a Lego set? God has the final picture. God has the plans. God has it all ordered. And we don't see it in the middle of our lives when we just have this one little section that we're trying to put together. But God has the whole thing planned out and it's going to be beautiful in the end. We'll get to see it soon enough, just not right now. So God is in control of all the seasons of our life. He's he's orchestrating all the events, big and, and small. 
And it's going to end up wonderful and beautiful in the end. That's what Solomon said. And I think Solomon is old enough now to look back at his life and say, I didn't understand this season when I was weeping. And I didn't understand this season when I was mourning. I didn't understand this season when there was killing. I didn't understand this season when there was war. I didn't understand this season when, when this was going on. But now that I'm, I'm way out in front of it and I'm looking back at it all, God was painting a beautiful portrait that turned out just the way He planned. And then he moves on in verse 11. He says, God has made everything beautiful in his time. And also, he set the world in our hearts. Or he set eternity in our hearts. You say, what's that? He says, God has put it into our hearts. The word eternity or the word world there. To try to figure it all out. That's what he's saying there. That God has ordered it. God has designed it. God has got it all the, from, from the end and the beginning. God has it all figured out. And He set in our hearts a desire to try to, to piece it all together on our own. We have this natural curiosity about us. Animals don't have that. I've got, I've got a dog and the dog, and Marley lays around the house and she never tries to figure anything out. Feed me, pet me, let me sleep and go outside. That's about it. She never sits in the, in the, in, in the living room and says, I wonder, <laughs> I wonder what life is all about. I wonder, uh, how my, my master's putting all these things together. And she, she never just sits there and, and thinks these things through. Oh, but we do. God has put this natural curiosity in us where we're natural philosophers and, and theologians and we ask questions about what's going on and, and why it's happening and how it's working out. Kids ask the best questions. I mean, you sit down with a kid, they're going to ask you just great questions. Teenagers will ask you questions and we, we ought to ask questions. We ask and we worry and we want to know. God's put that in our hearts for us to do that. We want to know how everything works and how everything's going to end up. We'll go through a bad season and we sit there and we'll say, why is this happening to me? Don't we do that? My dog sitting in my house goes through a bad season, has a, you know, has a bad meal. And she doesn't say, I wonder why this happened to me. She just goes and eats her next meal. But we go through a season where there's mourning and there's weeping and it's terrible. And we go to God and we'll say, why did this happen? What are you trying to teach us? Why am I going through it? You can even talk about COVID. What, 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 are, you, what are you trying to teach us in America today through our, our politicians and through churches getting shut down and, and, and the economy is just, just, just bottoming out? God, what are you doing? What are you up to? That natural curiosity where we're trying to figure it all out. Somebody dies and you say, why? You go through a bad season, you say, how long? How long, oh God, till I'm into the next season? That's why people tend to be conspiracy nuts. They're trying to figure it all out. But it says here that God has given us this itch that we can't scratch. Look what he says. We're going to try to figure out the world. <laughs> See that also he has set the world in our hearts. We're going to try to figure it out. We're going to try to answer all the questions. But no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. No man will ever be able to figure it all out. 
No man will ever be able to answer all the questions. No man will understand what God is making. So the season that we're in right now is just one little piece of life, one little part of a, of a much bigger picture and a, and a grander and greater design, and it doesn't make sense right now, and we won't figure it out. But the longer we live, the more pieces we have to put together to make the whole puzzle fit. Spurgeon says, judge not life in the little pieces. It's a grand mosaic and must be seen as a whole. So the longer you live, the more pieces you have and you start putting the whole thing together, you'll see God's beautiful design. I was sitting with, I think I've told many of you, I got to the opportunity to sit with my first Little League baseball coach ever this week as he's slowly passing away. And I got to go into his room and I got to sit with him and I got to talk with him and it was him and his brother and me and we laughed and we, we had a good time together. And we prayed, shared the gospel with them both. And I said, as we got done praying and we were walking out of the room, the man's brother looked at me and he said, I don't understand why this is happening now. I didn't have an answer. He said it in our hearts to try to figure out, but none of us know why this man is passing away at the age he's passing away. He said, I don't get it. And then he looked at me and he said, because I sit there just, what do you say? He's 60, 60 some years old. Grandbabies surrounding him. He shouldn't be dying right now. And his brother looks at me and says, why is this happening now? I, I don't know. And he looked at me and he said, I guess we can't understand it right now. But we will one day. And I think he understood that we can understand it in this little time frame that we're in right now. But one day we'll understand it better by and by. When the whole picture comes together, we'll understand exactly what God's doing. And there's a grander design than we could ever imagine. And he'll make it beautiful in his time. Even the bad times. God is taking the bad pieces and he's making a beautiful picture of our lives. That's what Solomon's found. So now, knowing this, and, and I'm going to finish it up here, that God is designing a beautiful, wonderful life for us. And he, he is. He moves on and he says, if, if that's the, we saw the different seasons of life, then we saw the, the design of life that God has, has and is working things out to, in, a, in a beautiful, wonderful way that we try to figure out, but we can't. But knowing that God is the great designer of our lives, we now can, in point number three, the delight of life. I like this. Knowing there is good, knowing that God is working things out, look what he says in verse 12. I know that there is no good in them, but now for man to rejoice and to do good in his life. That's the first thing he tells us to do, to live life, to do good. Now that you know, and I think this is such great application for us, 
Solomon says, knowing what you know now, knowing that you're going to go through these seasons and that God has designed it all, and it all, all is, it's going to be very beautiful and wonderful at the end, now that you understand that, then you go out and you live life and you seize the day and you do the most that you can do, you do the best that you can do, you do all the good that you can do, go out and live life to the fullest knowing that God's got everything under control. That's what he says there. Go out and do good in your life. Seize the day. Live it. Don't waste it. Every single season that you're in, live it. That's what he says. Do good in it. Live your life. So the first thing he says there is, knowing this, let's live life. Let's do good in life. He's looking back and saying, guys, you're going to go through these seasons, but God has it all under control. So go out and live life. Don't hold back. And he says in verse 13, and I like this and even more. And also, I like that, and also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his life, for it is a gift of God. So don't just go out and live it. He says enjoy it. God isn't a killjoy. He wants you to enjoy life. So he says, you find something good and you enjoy it. Enjoy the best parts of life. Enjoy the good seasons of life. If you find something good in life, enjoy it while you have it. Because it's a vapor and it's passing through. So enjoy every little thing that you can get your hands on. Enjoy it as a gift from Almighty God. As a, as a gift from the hand of God. Enjoy it all. Because it's passing away. So whatever good you can find in life, enjoy it. I sit down, I sit and wrote some things down here. I just, just as I was getting ready to come up here, don't complain about the snow. Enjoy the snow. It's a good thing. It's going to snow here in a little bit. And when I was a kid, there was nothing more wonderful than snow. And now it starts to snow, and I think, oh. <laughs> You gotta worry about getting food and you gotta worry about getting out and you gotta worry about church and you gotta, you know, all these different things and, and the kids just sit there and they watch it with their mouths open and they just enjoy the good things in life. And I, I thought, I, even yesterday as it was snowing, I just wanted to look out the window with the kids with my jaw down and say, oh, that's the, the goodness of God that He's letting it snow. Oh, how wonderful, how beautiful. I'm not worrying about anything else. Just enjoy the good of life. Enjoy a good fire. <laughs> I was just writing things down. Yesterday, sitting in the house, we turned on the fire. Snow falling. Just enjoy it. It's the good of life. Tomorrow we may not have it. Enjoy it while you have it. Enjoy a cup of coffee with your dad. One of my favorite things in the world to do is to sit down with my dad and have a good cup of coffee. It don't even have to be a good cup of coffee. It can be a bad cup of coffee for all I care. It's the company that I care about. And sitting down there with dad's got him a cup of coffee and I got me a cup of coffee and we just sit there. Enjoy it while you have it because you don't know when you won't have it. That's what he's saying there. You find something good, enjoy the good. You see that? Enjoy the good. And, and I, I can go on. Enjoy the laugh of a brand new baby. Anybody here see the post I've made on Facebook this week of little Hallie cackling for the first time? 
Her mom sat there, looked at her, and said, "Good, good, 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 good." I sit and do that to her. She starts crying. Steph does that to her, and she just lights up, and her eyes light up, and she starts to smile. And I and I sit there, and I grab my phone, and I said, "I want to capture that. That's one of the good things in life, and I want to hold on to it. And I want that to be a memory. And I want to just bask in this moment of of my wife talking to my baby and my little baby smiling back at her mom. I love this moment. Grab onto that and enjoy what God's given us. There's seasons. Little Hallie won't be that little much longer." She'll be running around here like Emma here. It'll be like that. Enjoy the giggles and the laughs. I'll give you another one. You just say, Josh, you're just telling us about your life. I am. They say a sermon is part of a hostage situation. <laughs> you're just stuck there. <laughs> There's nothing you can do. Enjoy watching a movie with your, your little boy. I was sitting there watching a movie the other day with, with my whole family. And Isaiah's going to get mad at me because he's a teenager now and he don't like me talking about him in sermons anymore. We turned on a movie and he'd come and sit down right beside me and cuddle up next to me. And I know he's going to get mad at me for this. And just laid over on me and watched the movie with me. And in that moment I thought, Isaiah, you're burning me up. <laughs> get off me. But I thought to myself, how much longer till he won't do that anymore? I mean, some of y'all got grown kids. Wouldn't you love, and I, that was going through my mind as I was thinking about this sermon. Wouldn't you love for your boy just to cuddle up? I mean, you talked to Jim and Jane. Wouldn't you love? I mean, I know, I know, Beef probably ain't cuddling up with you guys anymore. <laughs> what what you'd give to have it again? I mean, it's just going around the room. You, you know what it's like. Wouldn't you love to just cuddle up again? So I said, I'm just going to enjoy the good of life that God has given us. This season may not last much longer. And we'll go from laughing to mourning. So enjoy those good times. <laughs> I got two more and I'll move on. Enjoy the goodnight kisses from, from Gracie Bell. I go lay down every night and go to bed, and every night she comes and flips on the lights, and I get so mad at her. She'll flip on the lights. I've been asleep. And she'll come and kiss me right there on the head. And she'll say, Good night, Dad. I love you. And I said, I'm not going to get mad at that anymore. You don't know when she's not going to be in the house no more to do that. Enjoy the good in life. I'll give you a Christian story. He loves to be the center of attention. He loves to get up in front of us and dance. He thinks that every season is a season of dance. He'll do impressions and we get mad at him. It's like, sit down. You're, you're, you're right in front of the TV. I'm trying to watch football. I don't want to watch you dance. <laughs> And you get that way as a dad. You're sitting there, you're saying, I'm, I'm trying to watch this. And you study a sermon like this, and you think, this season may not last much longer. I, uh, Christian, dance as much as you want to dance, buddy. Because one of these days, you're going to be sitting at the deathbed of your dad. Where I sit with a family this week. 
and they're telling stories about the good days that passed way too fast. And they, and they wish they could go back and do it again. The times at the lake and the times at the ball games and the times at Pizza Hut after Little League games when you won and everybody got a, a big old pizza and a big old glass of Coke and the nicknames and and you think, I, I need to enjoy the good things that God has given me. That's what he says. Enjoy the good. Because it's a gift from God. I told you this might not change your life, but it should change how you look at your life. And then, then you say, well, Josh, what do we do with the bad? That's where we turn to verse 14. He says, I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. And nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it. And God doeth it, that men should fear before him or trust him. That which hath been is now, and that which is to be hath already been. And God requireth that which is past. You say, what in the world is that saying? He's saying we can't add one second to our lives. We can't change it. God doesn't give us suggestion boxes. God doesn't ask us for better ideas. And that everything God is doing, He's beyond time, outside of time. He sees it all at once. Verse 15, that has been past is now, and that which is of the future has already been. That's what He says there. That which is, is now has already been, and that which, I mean, so He's telling you that God is beyond time, that God has all this figured out. So in the good times, we enjoy it. In the bad times, we trust it. That God has all this figured out. Even when we can't. That's what he's saying. That we should fear God. That we should trust God. That we should honor God. That we should respect God. That he has all this figured out and, and we don't. We can, we can trust him in the bad season. So, so that, that's, a, that's a great point. He's, he's telling us to live life. And as we live life, enjoy the good seasons that we have. And trust God in the bad seasons that we have. And in that way, we can live life to the fullest. Enjoy the good seasons and trust the bad seasons. And in that way, we can truly live life the way God intended. Knowing that God has a wonderful and beautiful plan for our lives. So again, this, this passage teaches us It, what it teaches us won't change our lives or what season we're in. I don't know what season any of us are in. I think 2020 was one big weeping season. Maybe the longest and we're in 2021 and it, it don't seem to, getting, to be getting a whole lot better. So we're in, we're in, a, in a tough season right now and, and maybe some for, for some it's better and, and for some it's, it's, it's worse. I feel like I had a pretty good 2020. I know there was COVID and there was politics and there was rioting and there was looting and there was all these things that happened, but, but also there was good. I had a new baby and, and we graduated and I graduated uh, seminary for the, the second or third time. And so there was good there and you enjoy that good and you trust the COVID and you trust the, the politics and you trust the rioting to a God who doesn't just have a wonderful plan for my life. He's got a wonderful plan for all our lives and even our nation. God is up to something and we can trust Him in it. So in the good, we enjoy it. 
And I, when I say enjoy it, you take it all in, every last drop of it. And then you trust every last drop of it to God when it's bad. All the seasons. This ought to give us some comfort. That I'm not in charge of my life. I'm on a ride that I'm not in control of. (laughs) But I know who is in control of it. And that gives me comfort. If our lives were ultimately in our hands, we'll lie awake, we'll worry, we'll never rest, we'll never loosen the grip. But if our lives are in the hands of the one who's designed it all, we are free to live and enjoy it. So many people can't live their lives and enjoy the good because they're so worried about the bad. If that's not the most profound thing that I've said tonight, I don't know what is. We can't enjoy the good of life because we're so worried about the bad. Trust God for the bad and enjoy the good that He gives. In order to give us a sense of security, that He won't abandon us. He won't change His plans. He's going to see it through. I think this helps us to ride the waves above the waves of life. There's so many people that are not riding above the waves. They're riding below the waves. These seasons hit them. And I'm going to close. I'm done. These seasons hit them like waves in the ocean. And it just tumbles over them. And, and they, they, they can't catch their breath. And, and, and they, feel, they feel like they're drowning. And it's just knocking them down. One event and one season and, and after the other. Just over and over and over beating on them. But as we know these truths that God does have a wonderful plan for our lives. We ride the waves like a surfer. And we get to enjoy it. Some people are overrun by the waves. Some people ride the waves. These truths help us to ride the waves. I'm going to give you a couple quotes here and I'm done. Spurgeon says, There's no attribute more comforting to his children than God's sovereign, sovereignty overall. Under the most adverse circumstances and severe trials, We believe that God's sovereignty has ordained our afflictions and overrules them and that His sovereignty will sanctify them all. There's nothing that the children of God ought to find more comfort in than knowing that their master has full control over His entire creation. And Solomon stands up in front of these young people and tells them, God has a wonderful plan for your life. There'll be seasons that come and seasons that go. There'll be good and there'll be bad. There'll be sickness and there'll be health. There'll be laughing and there'll be tears. They'll be tearing down and they'll be building up. They'll be gathering in and they'll be pushing out. They'll be casting stones and they'll be picking up stones. And it just goes through a a litany of all these things. And he says, but in the end, every single one of them is planned by God. So you go out there and you live life and you enjoy life and you trust life to the one in whose hands it all lives so God does have a wonderful plan for our lives let's pray Father we thank you for your plan Uh, I could have spent some time tonight talking about looking back at my life and not understanding certain events and certain days and certain seasons and all that I've went through 
uh, even my family. And I stand here today understanding a lot more looking back on it. And God, I don't know where, what season you have for us tomorrow or next month or this year. But I trust that you have it already designed and already ordered and already under control. And you have a plan for it all. So God, help us to enjoy the good and trust you in the bad, knowing that you're in full control. I thank you for, for scriptures like this. It helps me. It should help all of us to live life a little bit better, to see life a little bit different. So thank you, God, for this time tonight. And we ask and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.